championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm joined alongside by Darius Terrell, as always. You guys listen to the Hornscast channel, which you guys can find on any podcasting platform out there. Today, we're going to be going over the commitment of Jamarian Miller, the upcoming commitments in the month of July, and really over the next week, there are a ton, and also going over the miss of Terrence Brooks, from yesterday, Texas has a slim margin of error in this 2022 class, given the emergence of AM and Oklahoma, and they just missed out on another guy leaving the state. We'll talk about that. But first, before we get into all of that, let's tell you about our sponsor today, Homefield Apparel. We've talked about them before. You guys have seen their launch on Twitter. You've seen the shirts. Darius, do you have a favorite of all the designs that you saw? Yeah, I, I like the, uh, well, I guess I don't know how to describe it. Is that the screaming cartoon mascot looking one? That's one of the cooler ones they got on the gray. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the burn ores mm-hmm. on the gray. That's, that's a nice look. That's probably my favorite one out of all of them. But, you know, it's hard to go wrong. They got a lot of great options, right? Yeah, I mean, I really like that script Texas. I wish they put it on a shirt instead of that sweatshirt. But I really do like that. I like, also like the like sort of the baseball Texas, the Texas that had like the, the faux throwback. You know what I'm talking about? Anyways, it's really cool. I, I kind of really like all of them. I was I was surprised. I liked them a lot more in person than I actually did looking at the designs on their website. And if y'all don't know what Homefield Apparel is and you're just like, what are they talking about? They're a shirt company that comes from Indianapolis and they go through a lot of different colleges, go through all their vintage logos that may no longer be used and puts them on t-shirts, and puts them on apparel, and puts them on whatever. It's really cool, and they're a really great company. They're very active on Twitter and in the college football community. And if you guys go and check it out, and you like what you see on their website of homefieldapparel.com, then you can use our code 4th and 5 to get 15% off your first purchase there. So go ahead, check, check them out. Uh, it's a really, really awesome brand, and I, I really do appreciate them sponsoring us. For sure. But Darius, let's go ahead and get into what we got going on this week. Texas is coming off a very large recruiting month of June. And out of June, they got two commitments, and the latest one being the running back, Jamarion Miller. Darius, what do you think of Jamarion Miller and, and that commitment? It kind of really came out of left field, right? They Texas really wasn't in it until he visited last weekend, and then all of a sudden things changed. No, so funny enough, uh, I first wrote about Jamarion back in, um, I think it was February of 2020. Um, I had an interview with him that's posted on the site I mentioned in this uh, commit analysis that came out this morning. Um Back in October, Jamarian pretty much tipped his hand to me. He told me that um, his brother had a big influence on him playing football. And he said when he started playing ball in high school, that's what he that's what he knew. That's what he always wanted to do growing up. He wanted to earn even more offers than his brother did. To quote, I've been growing up with Texas ever since my brother got his offer and committed. Ever since, we've been down there a bunch of times to check out the facilities and see where the different and see the different things where the different things are on campus. I grew up kind of seeing myself at Texas. 
So my main thing right now is focusing on getting my schoolwork out the way first so that I'm making sure that I'm 100% able to play college ball and realize my dreams. Um, for those that are not aware, um, why he's talking about his grades and, and talking about getting them in order, Jamarian's older brother, Damian Miller, was a was commitment in the 2017 class, and he ended up not qualifying. Um, so what happened with Jamarian and his whole deal was he was Texas was talking to him a lot when Herman was still there. When Sarkeesian was hired in uh, in January, this staff prioritized um, Jadon Blue. They prioritized eventually. Um, we find out that the main priority was actually De'Anthony Gatson um, to be the other back in the class. Um, and Texas pretty much was focusing on Gatson and Tavoris Jones as the backup. They weren't communicating with Jamarian anywhere near as much as as, he, as Drayton wasn't as much as he was on the Herman. So um, when they missed out on Gatson with that whole miscommunication um, of thinking they had him in the bag and they didn't, that's when they circled back to Miller. Um, and everything, like you mentioned, everything went down kind of quickly because Miller was putting uh, recruiting on the back burner. And, and really, he hadn't mentioned Texas much in recent months. And, but like I said, it's because they hadn't been speaking with him. But once they contacted him, he set up an official visit quickly, came in this weekend, committed during the visit. And um, and that's that. And um, there is a there is a difference of opinion through all the ranking sites that do the stuff. Um, who is it? 24-7 um, and ESPN have Miller um, as a four-star guy. They have him as a top 120 player overall nationally. Rivals has him as a three-star player, something like the number 50-something, 60-something guy in Texas. In my opinion, um, it's a good year for in-state running backs. My personal favorites that Texas was going after was Trevante Citizen. And then after that, Jadon Blue and then Tavoris Jones. But um, Miller will fall into, in my opinion, he will be, he'll fall into probably the fifth or sixth spot, which means that, you know, he's still one of the better players in the country. What he's going to provide to the Texas offense um, he's a speed guy. Jamarian's got verified 10-7, 100-meter speed, which he did, um, which he showed off this spring, which happened this spring um, during the pandemic and everything. So it's recent. Um, he's a kid that's about 5'9.5", 5'10", but he's he's gained about 15 pounds from his sophomore year to his junior year. He's 190 pounds. Um, he runs with a low center, center of gravity. If you watch his highlights, Jamarian has no issue pad level or, or, or finishing runs. But um, he's a home run hitter. Um, he outruns. Most angles at the high school level, the 5A level in college, that'll be some angles, but that's still that's still more than, um, you know, than Texas has had in the backfield in recent years as far as home run ability. Mm-hmm. But he also plays in the backfield with another Division One commit in Bryson Donnell that's committed to Texas Tech at Tyler Legacy High School. So another key part of it is Jamarian's used to sharing a backfield. So I don't think it'll be any issue as far as being the other guy in the class. So I think it's a quality pickup. I like him a lot. I think Texas fans should be excited about it. Yeah, and what I also saw from his film is you talked about his speed, that 10-7 speed. You know, he can go north-south really well. When you want to run an outside zone, right, you need a guy who can have that lateral quickness to get to the outside and beat the defensive end and and beat the linebacker crashing down. That's what you're going to get also in Demarion Miller. He has a very, very – he's not only quick north-south. He's got that east-west ability to turn it – right and then upfield to get you know to get to where you need to go in that outside zone because the timing of the outside zone is so important to it working out well yeah no he's definitely a slasher i think he's more of a one cut one cut guy i don't know if folks remember the old denver broncos i wish i could remember the name of that coach right now but the running backs when they had the guys rolling through there uh landis gary mike anderson Clinton Portis, it seemed like the Broncos could put whoever they wanted back there. They were running the, that outside zone, those stretch plays. 
um that one cut stuff and that's that's what Miller excels at but um no um he's an exciting pickup again he's got some juice to him he really he really he'll end up being just a younger version of what Texas hopes to get um this year from Keelan Robinson the Alabama transfer exactly so you can see what Steve Sarkeesian wants in a running back right he wants a speed guy he wants a guy who can play out the backfield as a wide receiver as well he wants a guy who can get to the outside that's really what Jamarian Miller is Darius, are there any questions you have about Jamarian Miller watching his film? No, like I said, even though we talk about the speed and stuff like that, he is a compact, he's a strong-built guy. While I do think he's a slasher, he's a guy that can get you some yards between the tackles. I think he, I think he's got the potential um, later on to, in his career to end up being a potential starter. But again, Texas has a good problem right now with what we're projecting to be the depth of their running back room a year from now. But of course, with the new rules and everything, I'm sure something will change. So, you're, I mean, I'm, the reason I'm asking you, do you have any questions? Why is he not a five star? Basically, what what is what is holding what's what, what's holding him back? What's something that could be a, a potential issue if, when coming to Texas, when getting to the next level? The size isn't eye popping. Again, he's not a tall guy. Um, he's about five nine and a half, five ten, about one hundred ninety pounds. I guess the, the standout physical traits aren't necessarily there. I mean, what makes a five star running back? You know, it, it's just it's so subjective. But again, I'm of the opinion that in Texas, he's probably the third or fourth best back. On my list, it's been a while since I've updated it. But again, he's not a guy that anybody should be, you know, oh, Texas reach for this guy or anything like that. Take a look at the highlights. There are highlights, but you can see what I'm talking about. He can play, and he plays at a high level, high classification. He's been doing it since his freshman year. So you talked about him sharing a backfield. Jamari Miller, we know, is comfortable sharing a backfield, maybe even sharing a class with another higher-rated running back. We don't know about Jadon Blue. Right. What is Jadon Blue? Does this, you know, what does this do for Jadon Blue? Does it, you know, move the needle any? We saw him have a tweet that day where it was like a hmm thinking emoji and then he deleted it immediately after. What are your thoughts on where this puts Jadon Blue? And really, does Jadon Blue have any move, you know, room for movement? Oh, he posted it right after Miller announced his commitment. I mean, it's obvious what he was referring to, but. I don't know why any running back would be under the impression they'd be the only guy in anybody, anyone's class. I don't believe anyone ever told him that, um, especially a guy that, that says he's not playing this year. So he's a kid. He's going and he's he's entitled to his own opinion, sure. But Jadon Blue, I, I don't know what all his options are right now. You know, with the controversy that's going on, I don't think Texas needs to even care or worry about anything like that. If he ends up, I mean, I think the odds of him opening up his commitment are still strong regardless of whether they took another back anyway. Um, I think Texas should um, continue to court him and continue to keep maintain lines of communication with other guys as they've been doing. I don't think it means anything. Personally, my, my response is, so what? Right. <laughs> Do and Taboris Jones is going to be committing tomorrow? Is he really? Yes, the July 2nd. Um, so it looks I'm like it's going to be Mizzou. I don't have a strong you know, read on that commitment or that I don't have a really strong read on that recruitment, but it looks like it's going to be Mizzou. If Jadon blue were to decommit and you wanted to go to divorce Jones, there is always the question of, Oh, you know, am I, you know, what am I chopped liver right on the second guy? And I know I'm the second guy, but it's easier to take him from Mizzou than say Alabama. No, it's deeper, it's deeper than that for Tavoris Jones because Tavoris Jones, from what I was told, Tavoris Jones was Tavoris Jones. We know for a fact was all set for an official visit to Texas um, the weekend that Texas um, had um, DeAnthony Gatson coming in as well. 
And he got a phone call pretty much the day, like while they're packing up his family to drive from El Paso to Austin to tell him that, hey, um, we're full at your position. You know, y'all don't bother making that trip or whatever. So not a good um, look. I, I, I haven't spoken to the board. It's been I've only spoken to the board once. And that was that was hell. That was last spring. But um, when he was super high on Texas, you remember he was Texas as one of their first offers in the class. Him and uh, Texas and Alabama was Devorah Jones. I, I think he's again. I'm a huge fan of the kid, but I think that bridge has been burned personally. But again, I haven't spoken with the kid. But just from what I what I would think, how I think he would respond, um, I, I think that yeah, that ship is sailed. Hmm. Well, then you better hope Chad Humblu stays or Jamari Miller's your running back in the class. Hey, running backs, man, if there's one position, man, where you can find some guys, that's probably one of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't trip too much on it. Right. Well, that was June, and we, we had a – Texas just came off of, again, a really big June in terms of recruiting. They brought in just about everybody. But, again, they only got two commits. Well, four if you're counting the long snapper and the kicker that they got. But – only two commits. We were expecting a little something, but a little something more, but it seems like June was more of a setup for July. June was having all these guys go in, take a look at these schools, and July is where they're going to make their decisions, or a lot of them. Now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys right now who are Texas targets who are going to be scheduled for July commitments, but there's probably going to be more as. Not everybody schedules their commitment. So let's go ahead and get into this and see the first guy who's been making his decision. Cam Williams today, the offensive lineman from Duncanville. Darius, what do you think about Cam Williams? Where do you think Texas sits here? So um, from my little small you know, circle of birds, I was told that Cam pretty much had his mind all made up um, for Oregon heading to the Texas visit and um, following the Texas visit. He wasn't so sure about that. That's the best intel I have on it. We'll find out today. I think Cam will be a massive get both literally and figuratively. Figuratively, Jesus. Um, he's a right tackle prospect. I think he's six six. Cam, I think I know Cam. Cam is six six and a half. Probably right now about 360 pounds. And I know for a lot of people that would be scary. Had I have I not Seeing the kid the last five, six years, I, I, would, I would be a little bit concerned about that as well. But um, that kid is super athletic. He's one of those freaky human beings, man, that, that are just, you know, larger than everybody and more athletic than everybody else. And he, he's just fine with that size, I promise. Um, if Texas were to get that kid, I don't know if y'all remember the years of, of, of Mike Williams and, and Leonard Davis. I don't mean, I'm not calling the kid Leonard Davis or anything like that. But when Texas had those monsters on the line, Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers, he's that kind of guy. I think he would be a huge get. I don't care what the what the websites have it have him rated as. Cam Williams is one of the top twenty prospects in the state, no question. Yeah, but um, I think I think he might. I think it might be Texas. Will yeah. I, here's the thing: going into this, I think Texas is going to have a good month. I don't think it's going to be five stars and four stars, but I think they're going to get a good base for this class in this commit in this next month at least there's going to be a good floor. Cam Williams, I agree. I think Texas sits pretty right here with Cam Williams. Having the later official visit oftentimes wins you a commitment. 
scale of one to ten confidence rating on Cam Williams of Texas, I would give it like a four. <laughs> okay. I was gonna go for I don't want to give people hopes up too much. I was gonna go with more of a five. I feel like it's a coin flip. That's fair. Feels like a coin flip. We'll find out soon enough. That's true. That's true. Then tomorrow we have two more commitments coming up the pipeline. Connor Robertson and Cole Hudson, two offensive linemen. Texas is coveted. Connor Watt Robertson out of none other than Westlake out of Austin. And Cole Hudson from Frisco. Darius, these two guys, not the highest rated offensive linemen, but offensive linemen are also very difficult to gauge and rank. What are your thoughts on these two guys? And do you think they're going to end up in burnt orange? Uh, well, Hudson's a consensus four-star guy. He's been rated pretty highly um, for a while now. I, I remember first speaking with Hudson oh, and first four-star. writing about him. Shoot, back in back in February of 2020, um, it's been it's hey it's it's fun to to, to to see the kids early and see it end up panning out right. But um, just from everything, there was a time where you know maybe and it could still be Oklahoma, but um. Man, and they also visited A&M, but I just think a lot of signs are pointing towards Hudson being Texas, and I personally would be – I'll be pretty surprised if it wasn't. Now, Hudson is a guard, in my opinion, at the next level. I don't think he's a tackle. He's a guard, but he's a road grader in every sense of the word. He's going to need a year or two to um, to adjust to pass blocking because they don't do it much in his current offense. But that's a kid that's a legitimate 6'4", 6'5", and he's going to be 315, 320 pounds. He's a people mover, so – that's one to get excited about. Um, scale of one to ten on Connor Robertson, Connor Robertson on um, on Cole Hudson of Texas. I would probably put that at about a seven and a half. I would agree with that. I think Texas is gonna take five or six offensive linemen in this class. So Connor Robertson is between Texas and Stanford. If they do take him, I don't think that. I mean, obviously they're still gonna take Devon Campbell and and Kelvin Banks. I said, no, Robertson, they've been recruiting him for a long time. He's definitely a take for him. So if they get Cam Williams, Connor Robertson, and Cole Hudson? That's a that's a hell of a start. That's the a hell, hell of a start. start. And, then, and then that's when you, hell, you, you're all bullets in on, on, on the two tackles at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know you hear, we hear Westlake and think, okay, that's a little lock and everything. But Robertson is not originally from Texas. Um, with that being said, um, and it's and it's Stanford, and we all know when it comes to Texas offensive linemen in Stanford, right? Texas just, does not have a good record there. That's true. That's true. I think hell, when it's Texas might be over the last five as far as going head to head with Stanford on, on guys. Um, don't get me who for was the it? offensive uh, line. Yeah, there, no, Branson, Branson Bragg. It seems like it's one every year, right? Mm-hmm. But um, no, with Robertson, when he we made his announcement earlier today that he was going to announce on the second, and immediately. Um, another player from another state, offensive lineman of his position, announced that they got an offer from Stanford. Just reading the tea leaves on, on, on just how the game works a little bit, I think Stanford maybe may have gotten wind that they're not going to be the choice, and we think it may be Texas. Um, again, if Hudson's a seven and a half, give me Robertson at about an eight. Really? And a half on it being Texas. Yeah. I'm less confident there just because, again, it's Stanford. So I would say. That's totally fair. Maybe a four or five for myself. I'll go out on a limb. Look, I'll, I'll take the backlash if it's if it's not Texas on on, on Hudson and, and Robertson. But no, no don't, don't don't hold me accountable on Williams. I'm not sure about that. That would give Texas two inside linemen, and potentially an outside lineman. 
So your next outside lineman who's committing, who's Texas target, is Jacob Sexton. I don't think Jacob Sexton ends up at Texas. I think Jacob Sexton probably stays in his state of Oklahoma. You know, it, it seems like it was Texas for a bit, but it seems like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have put on a little bit more love than Texas has. And I think that's because Texas realizes what they can get in this class. Yeah, Sexton has been a tough one to pin down. He's maintained all along that he um, has – he feels no loyalty to having to stay in the state of Oklahoma. Um, again, he's, he's had an interest in Texas. He came on an unofficial. He came on an official. Um, at the same time, Oklahoma, I feel like, has always a little bit, you know, behind the scenes been the favorite there, like we suspect. I think Oklahoma's been slow playing him a little bit in this whole deal. I, I'm not 100% sure if he's a take right now for them when he makes his announcement. Um, I've actually been told that Oklahoma State's the team to watch here with Sexton. But honestly, man, I, I don't think I would be surprised if it would either way. Um, I do think Sexton's a tackle. Um, whether it's a right or a left tackle, I'm not 100%. I think I like him more on the right side. If I had a choice, give me Cam Williams, give me the monster. But again, um, Sexton, if Texas were to miss on Williams, Sexton would be a, a real nice consolation. Um, with that being said, I'm not sure Texas is a choice anyway. So scale of 1 to 10 for me with Sexton to Texas put me in about a 2. That was about what I was going to say. So the next guy you got coming up, well, there's a few on July 4th or the 4th of July. Probably should have said that. Three more guys making announcements. You have Jordan Hudson dropping his commitment. You have KJ Miles dropping his commitment and Justice Finkley dropping his top four. Darius, I think we both feel Justice Finkley is going to have Texas in that top four. So we can, I mean, that the, the big time defensive lineman out of Alabama, Texas is very much in that race. Do you agree? Yeah, I still think Michigan or Colorado, hell, I don't know. Still think Texas is trailing them. But um, he's an interesting case, man, being a, a deep south guy, but having these these random interests seemingly. Yeah, I mean, he has an Alabama offer. He has the Alabama interest, but he's not reciprocating it. You're right, it's a very interesting case there. But sure. Jordan Hudson's the next guy. Jordan Hudson, the Oklahoma, one-time Oklahoma commit. Oklahoma now has – how many wide receivers do they have? I don't know. Now uh, committed? Yeah, now. One. 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 Yeah. They'll, find, they'll find some crazy five-star for some somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but Jordan Hudson one, is going to be committing on the 4th of July. SMU is the pick, right? That's where everybody thinks he's going to go. What do you think, Darius? Uh, Jordan Hudson, I, I would I would assume is SMU. Um, if I'm being 100% honest with y'all, I wouldn't be surprised. Personally, regardless of what Jordan Hudson decides on July 4th, I think he's going to end up making another commitment at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, for those of y'all that, that like roller coasters, y'all keep follow that one closely if you want to. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it definitely shows Rashad Samples and, and how good of a recruiter he is. And, hey, if, if Andre Coleman doesn't work out of Texas, there's that guy up north at SMU. Maybe bring him back. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of experience matters at some point. But, no, I mean, hey, if he could pull off Hudson and actually get him in, I'd be honest, that's a real nice feather in his cap for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then what about K.J. Miles? Yeah, the defensive lineman out of New Jersey. The only thing that gives me that would give me any type of confidence about Miles is, is the competition there. Texas is going up against, I believe, it's Georgia Tech and Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, 
this kid knows without a question he wants to major in business. The business school is going to play a major role, you know, in, in what he wants to do. Um, people would all, some people would assume, oh, when well, Macomb's Texas got this in the bag, Georgia Tech has a hell of a business school. Georgia Tech's a great school in general. Wisconsin also has a, a really good business school. I think all three of them are in the top 30 nationally or something like that, if you look at it. So um, I don't know how long Texas has been recording miles. I mean, been recording, been recruiting miles. Um, but, you know, all of these freaking bodies that were brought in this past weekend, you would have to think they hit on one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any inside knowledge mm-hmm. on Miles. Um, scale of one to ten, ah, whatever. If Tech, if Sexton was a two, um, give me three give for me, me. Give me, yeah, three and a half, maybe mm-hmm. for for Miles. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very confident in that one. Next guys we got coming up are two guys uh, who are going to be doing it later in the cycle. Derek Brown and Kelvin Banks coming up July 20th and July 24th. I think we both have said where we feel about Derek Brown, the one-time Oklahoma lean, probably feeling Texas right now. Uh, You know, it's a dead period in July, but that doesn't mean that they can't talk to the coaches. They can still talk and text and call and whatnot. So there's still time. I feel like Derek Brown's going to be wearing burnt orange and keeping the Texas on his chest. Yeah, there's some confidence um, showing up recently um, from from the Baylor side. He did take a, a visit to Baylor after Texas, like you mentioned. Um, I think that could be, in my opinion, that's just to try to get some suspense. Even though I guess it wouldn't shock me. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Derek Brown is, is probably a Texas lean at this point. Um, scale of one to ten, I don't know what you would put it at. I'm probably not as high as everybody else. Um, I probably put it at about a six. I would put it at an eight, right now. It's just, you know, these are kids, y'all. These are kids. He's not announcing to the 20th a whole lot. The wind could blow one way. And he can that's true. Right now, if, if he was committing today, I'd put it at an eight. For sure. You're right. Okay, that's fair. Kelvin Banks, July 20th, or J- July 24th. That's quite a while. There's a lot more uncertainty around that one, especially coming off the A&M visit. You also have LSU in that mix as well. Although I really think it's coming down to a Texas versus Texas A&M battle here. Yeah, I actually got to meet Banks in person and got to meet his dad. I think I mentioned that before. Um, Texas fans grew up, you know, in the, in the you know, quote unquote, burnt orange house. Um, we've learned that that doesn't mean as much as it used to. We're not, you know, producing like you used to. But, um, man, I really just, I, I really think, you know, those they believe in what's being built there. Um, Banks really, really likes Texas. His dad really does too. Um, from all accounts, they knocked it out of the park on the visit. You know, you know, A and M's gonna pull out all the stops because um, Cam Dewberry's not going to A and M or Texas. I think he's going to Ohio State. And you know, somebody's got to get one of these big names here. They're not in there for for Devon Campbell. But um, I think Banks is Texas man. Um, again, that's like you said. That's more than three weeks away. Um, a lot can change. That would be a huge get, a five-star left tackle. Um, monumental, probably the biggest in the class. But um, scale of one to ten right now, I, I, I'm putting me at about a five and a half to six, I think Kelvin Banks. I think Kelvin Banks going to end up in Texas. And, uh, man, this sounds like a home of podcast right now. <laughs> it really does. But, I mean, we are going through Texas targets, right? So it makes sense. We could go over the guys, all the guys Texas missed. In fact, they just missed one. A really big one yesterday. Let's talk about it. Terrence Brooks. The Texas A&M legacy 
the uh, what are they called? The the Wrecking Crew. His father was part of the Wrecking Crew. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, cornerbacks in the state of Texas. And everybody thought it was down to Texas and Alabama. And when I heard that it was not Alabama, I immediately assumed it was Texas. Because if not Alabama, then who? I thought. Two weeks from getting an Ohio State offer, he commits to Ohio State. Kerry Combs. They already have a high four-star cornerback in Ohio who they brought from Louisiana, brought their family from Louisiana to Ohio, and another five-star in that class along with another four-star cornerback. So he's low, he's into a class with four cornerbacks at Ohio State. I don't know what Kerry Combs is selling, but it's working. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the other defensive backs that are committed in Ohio State's class, but what I do know about Terrence Brooks, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best. In 2022, he's the best cornerback I've seen in the state of Texas, and um, I'll, I'll, stand, I'll stand on that you know, in front of anybody. I think he's the real deal. For Ohio State to come in as late as they did with a prospect as good as he is and for them to still be the choice, um, to me, that just that had to be, you know, his dream offer. You know, um, I mean, folks don't want to hear it. Um, I don't personally like to admit it because I think their guys underperform as pros. But um, Ohio State, look at the track record in recent years. They first round, you're going to be a first round cornerback. It's, it's hard to argue with it. It is. <laughs> so. Um, and for that family the ability to develop was huge. And when you look at Texas, yeah, they have a few guys in the, the, you know, they do have the DBU mantra. They have Quandre Diggs. They have Chris Brown. They have Deshaun Elliott. They have defensive backs in the league, but not compared to Ohio state, not compared to Alabama. Eli Apple, Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore, Jeff Okuda. Uh, What's my man? Damon Arnett over in the Raiders, just off the top of my head, that's four first-round cornerbacks. Right. Before Texas has had anything. Who was the last Texas first-round corner? Was it freaking Aaron Ross? No idea. No so, idea. Like 2007, 2006, 2007. So it, it's been almost 15 years, man. It's, it's, yeah. there's, no, there's no conversation. And he also, Ohio State, you know, he avoids the backlash, you know, that his family's going to get from Aggieland if he were to go to Texas. Not that that really probably played any type of role, but mm-hmm. – Again, for Ohio State to come in here and just pimp slap Texas like that for the best corner in the state, um, that that hurts. I was, yeah. I was I mean, a little bit surprised, man. Ohio State's got four or five stars right now committed. They have Quinn Ewers, Jaheim Singletary, C.J. Hicks, Caleb Burton, and uh, a guy who's just on the fringe of being a five-star, Gabe Powers and Terrence Brooks, both on the fringe. Yeah, they're on another level. Can you tell me something that's in common with three of those six guys I just mentioned. Um, They're they're native Texans. Exactly. Ohio State has come into Texas once again and beat Texas in recruiting. They've outsold Texas. They keep on coming in here and outselling Texas. And they're going to be facing Texas pretty soon here. Uh, You know, all these players are probably, I think they're going to play Texas. Let Let me make sure of that. Why are you looking that up, dog? That's just just the most frustrating thing about it. On top of the the, the nonstop negativity, Oklahoma, freaking Texas A and M, the SEC, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, USC, with the hard on for Texas, you still have freaking Ohio State coming in here every year, and 
cherry picking the, the best of the best from your state, they're going to get Cam Dewberry too. And <laughs> Ohio State hasn't. When was the last time they won? Was that Ezekiel? Was that Elliott and them? And that was the first one since 2000. I mean, here's my thing. I don't want to call kids front runners and stuff like that because you go to the best situation you feel like for yourself, man. But what folks got to understand, what I've learned, man, is the state of Texas, people move here. People move here from other places. And there's no state pride, in my opinion, man. There's no state pride. Um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I think it's a trend that's going to continue to happen. And, and that's just the sad part about it again. Forget even forget about the, the monster that is the SEC. You still have Ohio State coming in here, picking off whoever they want. And it's to post, they're going to go live in freaking Ohio. Ohio State <laughs> will play Texas twice with these kids. That's Texas fine, will man. see on the field Quinn Ewer if, if he does play at Ohio State, you know, they will see him at least once if he's going to be a junior. And they will see Caleb Burton. They will see Terrence Brooks. They will see whoever Ohio State gets next year. And they will see Cam Dewberry. So this isn't just hurting Texas in terms of the talent that Texas is getting. They're going to be facing these guys on the field. It's very much the Alabama situation from last year where Alabama picked up basically everybody and they'll be facing Texas next year and the year after that. (laughs) So there is basically all this to say there is no grace period for Texas to win next year. If Texas wants to continue to have success in recruiting, they've sort of used up the excuse of, oh, the last guy was bad with Charlie Strong. There's been over a decade since Texas had any success, real success in the draft. The grace period for losing is over. Texas needs to get nine wins at least, at least, and even that might not be enough to get a lot of these guys to flip. Uh, I'm flipping. I wouldn't even look. As far as flipping, I just the odds of that, in my opinion, in the 2022 class aren't very high. It, this is all about 2023. It's all about 2024. Texas puts out another by national opinions and. I mean, it should be by Texas standards, right? Another mediocre season. And I don't think Texas was mediocre. What was Texas last year? Well, seven and three. But anyways, if Texas goes seven and three or seven and five again this year or eight and five or seven and six or hell, man, even maybe even nine and four. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to move the needle. Kids are going to stay. They're going to be even less impressed than they are now. And the domination the rating of the state of Texas that you just talked about, you know, a few minutes ago is only going to, it's going to intensify. And how do you stop the bleeding? It's easy for us to say you stop it by, by winning, right? Mm-hmm. But winning I just, cures all. that's, winning that's, cures that's all. easy to say in Texas. I just saw, um, I don't remember who this is with the opening line. Did you see the opening line for the, for the uh, Louisiana game. Texas is a 14 and a half point favorite that I would, I would take that bet all day. Yeah. That's scary. I would take that bet all day because that is that is a complete misrepresentation of freaking Louisiana. Louisiana is rated higher than Texas. So, again, perception, the expectations are being set in one place. And say Texas loses this game to Louisiana, which, I mean, if you look at the factors of everything, Texas has a brand-new coach. Louisiana's bringing back 19 starters. They're new. Their staff, that coach is on track to be the next LSU coach. Call them excuses, whatever. These are the facts. Texas should. Texas isn't the favorite to win that ball game, other than it being in Austin. But hell, when, when is the Texas 
home field ever. You know, anybody talked about that being an advantage. So just the perception and expectations as far as comparing it to reality. I just, man, I don't, I have concerns about how the bleeding stops. So Sarkeesian is going to have to be a, he's going to have to be a miracle worker, man, in his very first year. And as he's shown that he can be that guy, you know, with his track record, I don't, I don't think anybody has. But I mean, outside of getting a guy like Urban Meyer will, which we, we now see was probably never going to happen. I don't know what the answer is, man. So, but, but Sarkeesian's for the, he's got to, he's got to poop or get off the pot. And even though it's not really fair to him, that's the situation. That's what we're looking at right now with Texas. And, um, it's, it's, it's getting scary out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a tune will change if a few commits drop to Texas. But even then, we've talked about it over and over and over again. It's too easy to, to negatively recruit Texas. If they have a bad season or a subpar quote unquote season, then, you know, you're probably going to lose a few of those guys that you get commitments to over the summer. I mean, last year, they had Quinn Ewers commit. He was a Texas commit this time last year. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't think Texas, I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is getting the grace period that most first-time coaches get, uh, at least not yet. And that has a lot to do with him having to go up against Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Ohio State fighting, and LSU fighting for guys in his territory. And Texas A&M has had a resurgence in their program. You know, Oklahoma has two. Texas is, no, everybody knows who's listening to this, what Texas has been through past the past decade. So, it's it's not only that you know Ohio State took three guys out of Texas who are top top players. It's the fact that they did that, and Texas can't smack around A and M. Texas can't you know hold off people like LSU and Oklahoma. So there is a slim margin for error for Texas to get the players that they need to have success under Steve Sarkeesian. And again, your 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 Texas's home recruiting base. If you compare it just to every other region in the country, maybe arguably outside of, of Southern California, it's man, it's 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 about as disloyal of a home base as there is. <laughs> so all of that stuff just it, it adds up to being one hell of a a problem to try to solve, man. And I I'm 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 slowly losing confidence because who's the second game of the season? Arkansas. Um, Arkansas right after Louisiana. Like, right, no, it's it's a tough, it's a tough, <laughs> you know, it's very. Can tough. you imagine? This is this and is that the, game is at Fayetteville. We've talked about it. Can you imagine a zero and two start? It would be difficult. It'll be difficult. No, no, Blue's gonna decommit. Winfield's gonna decommit. You, it can't happen. But common sense, if you know football, will tell you it's a very strong chance that could happen. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Yeah, terrifying if you support the program. I, I you know I, I get that, but also that's why you brought in the staff that you did. That is why Texas kind of opened. That's why Texas opened the money for guys like Pete Kwiatkowski, Jeff Banks. That's true. And that's why they brought in Bo Davis. That's they why paid they, a lot of people a lot of money in the past. Mm-hmm, they have <laughs> right, but you're hoping you're really relying on the caliber of coaches that you have right now that you brought in and Darius, 
I, we can't really give them a grade right now in terms of, you know, what they put on the field because we have no idea. Right. But six months after they have joined the program, uh, or seven, I guess, seven-ish, recruiting-wise, what, what are your thoughts on a few of these guys? I think Stan Drayton, we know, wow, the guy has put, to, put together numbers. Eh, I have I no, mean, no problem with what Stan Drayton's done. I mean, he's going to get a pass because he was able to hold on to Bijan. Um, you got Jonathan Brooks last year, who rankings-wise is a three-star guy. That wasn't the standard. You got Jaden Blue committed right now, even though we think that commitment is shaky, has been shaky, and he has right. his own issues. Jamari Miller, okay, you just lost the commitment of Ruben Owens in the 2023 class. So, Stan Drayton, his nickname's not Stan the Man anymore right now. So, I mean, right now, I think I'll probably I give disagree, him. I would but okay. I'll give him about a C plus. I give him a C plus. I would give him a B. Had they gotten someone last year, or had they maybe gotten been in it for Javante Citizen this year? I think I would. I just I can't. I, based on the last two this cycle, Jonathan Brooks and the shakiness of Jadon Blue, he's done all right, in my opinion. But I hear you. I'm with you. I think we'll know more about Kyle Flood this month if he locks down Kelvin Banks. If he locks down three of the four guys you're committing over the next four days, if he can lock down Devon Campbell, who he brought, he got on campus despite him not having an official visit. Just means his official mm. visit is still open huge. to so Texas. Huge. Uh, I think huge. you're pretty happy with what he's done on the recruiting trail so far, right? Uh, it's it's it's, it it's, it's time for some commits. It's time for some commits. Um, flood. It's everything is about to. I feel like it's about to happen pretty rapidly. Um. We're gonna find out because I've kind of wondered a little bit myself. I mean, I feel like hell. Well, if you if you were the old line coach at Alabama the last two years, you probably would have still got some five star commits. Hell, like I would have. Like we're gonna see what is what his chops are really like, man. Again, if you can you land the class of Banks and Campbell in there and Cam Williams, then I'll shut up. Right. <laughs> I'll shut up. But right now it's it's an NA, right? We'll see. We're about to see in the next few days. Right, and Jeff Banks. I'm not sure who is he recruiting. He's helping. He helps with. He's helps with folks. He's had, mm-hmm. he's got a hand in some folks on the defensive side. Um, the only tight end being recruited is Arliss Boardingham, who I think is a badass. He's a really good player. He was in on an official. I don't know if we talked about it. He came in on an official um, in the last few weekends too. And right now he's only official. Texas only one he's taken so far. Arizona State was the main competition. Now we saw they just got hit with some controversy. So um, Boardingham could end up being a part of the class just based on hell. Texas doesn't really have any other competition right now. But um, Banks, is he's, he's another N.A. He's got to help bring in a big name. Yeah, that's. I mean, you paid him a lot of money to... He's supposed to be your rainmaker, yep. To be a rainmaker, to, to make to make make it rain in in a sense. Um, you know, in a, in a manner of speaking, Right. Hasn't really done that yet. I mean, he kind of has. He, he's, he's helped with, again, as you said, Brian Allen, B.J. Allen, uh, Jamarian Miller, Travell Johnson, uh, guys like that. But, you know, you would expect you expect a little bit more. Expect a little bit more for what you're paying for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Coleman. Winfield's just been – he was out at LSU this past weekend. He's been trying to take visits quietly. He's been trying to go to as many places as he can. Um, 
I don't know how solid he really is. Who else has Texas had? Didn't they have a decommitment at wide receiver? Oh, Evan Stewart. Evan and Stewart. I don't really – I don't know if I can blame him too much for that one with Stewart and, you know, the way his stuff, his recruitment's going to go. Hudson. He had Shaz Peterson – or he had Shaz, Shaz Preston, Preston on I like campus. Shaz. I like Shaz. Um, last year's class was a little bit underwhelming. I don't know how much of it, you know, we can put that on him. Um. And same thing for Stan NA. Drayton. I'm not the last classes He's on Stan NA. Drayton too. No, Stan's been there for a while. Stan's been there for a while. Stan is Stan's been all right. Andre gets another NA from me right now, man. But I mean, some of these big names, Kevin Coleman, CJ Williams, I just I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. So we'll see. I don't know if I'm a believer right now in Coleman and his recruiting abilities. What about Bo Davis? That's a guy who I was expecting maybe a little bit more from. If they get Justice Finkley. Then I'm on board, but you know, you you're maybe we're asking too much from these guys too soon. But I was expecting Bo Davis to make a little bit more noise in the so month of June. Bo has a three technique, or possibly he might be a five, and Chris Ross. We've got a defensive end and Swanson who um, based on the other guys that have been brought in on visits and stuff, I think Swanson was a reach. I think Bo wanted to get a commitment locked in because he wasn't sure. Because if you look at these guys, just came in this last weekend. Jamon Tapp is the defensive end. He's a pass rusher from Louisiana. We didn't talk about him. You don't need to talk about him anyway because I said defensive pass rusher from Louisiana. So he's probably not coming to Texas. But anyways, Tapp was in. Um, Aaron Bryant, the defensive top of the one technique from um, from Mississippi, was in. He's down in Texas and Texas A&M. Justice Finkley, who you've mentioned a few times now, is from Alabama. Um, who's the other guy I'm thinking about? We just had Keanis Thompson. He was in this past weekend. He just committed to Central Florida yesterday. Um, I'm forgetting another defense lineman right now, but what I'm getting at, all of these defense linemen are from SEC territory. Bo, in my opinion, Chris Ross was a good get, solid get for sure. One of the better available ones at the position. Oh, and Jare Bledsoe was in town this past weekend. Dre doesn't like interviews. He doesn't like talking very much. He gave me a short response to visit with Will. Um, he told me he doesn't have any other visits set up right now. Um, we'll keep tabs on that one. Bless will be a huge get, right? But right now, all of his eggs are in the basket of front seven guys that are from the SEC territory. Texas's odds, in my opinion, the odds on that, on winning any of those are not very high. And you have Keith Mouse who's from New Jersey. He's betting, he's hoping that he hits on one of them, right? So now he has three in his class, he can focus on getting one more guy. I'm just, I've been unimpressed with with, with what's been going on as far as defensive line recruiting so far. Like you said, um, Will, I don't know that we were asking too much. I have questions about what the plan really was mm-hmm. um, as far as defensive line recruiting because it doesn't seem like there really was one. And here's the thing, and this might be a very, very hot take unpopular take. I think Texas should be in the recruitment of guys like Bear Alexander. And I know what the recruitment of Bear Alexander is like. And to be they fair, should... he came in on, a, on an official visit a few weeks ago, right? Right. I think they should be in on recruitments like that. It's the way the game is played. And right now they're getting outplayed uh, in, in a few key recruitments. So I think that's it's not an unfair thing to, to ask is to be like, hey, be in on stuff like that. Yes, Bear Alexander, get the five-star defensive tackle in your own state. 
you know, be in on Omari Abor if you're that good of a recruiter. Even though I know that is an impossible task. You know, get him on campus. Make him say no. Speaking of Ohio State. So, you know, Jare Bledsoe. I know you got him on campus. Make it a thing. You're hoping for a little bit more of a rainmaker in the guys you brought in. And, you know, I don't think we've seen it thus far. Been a little bit disappointing. Uh, and, Will, you know what's the scary part about it again? Say we don't hit on any of these SEC guys. Who's next? Mm-hmm. Who's no, next? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So let's go to the linebackers. You have Choate and Kwiatkowski. I'm not Choate. terribly upset with what they've done. What are we looking at right now? I think Jeremy Patton becomes a part of the class. I'm a big fan of Patton. Um, Anthony Jones really loves what we saw him take from him. Travell um, Travell, Johnson. Travell, listen up. So, y'all, Travell, I had a little, little contact here with Travell. Well, a source of Travell. Travell took an unofficial visit to Texas Tech at the beginning of the month. And Travell took an official visit to Texas Tech this past weekend. Now, it was like, oh, no threat. Texas Tech sucks, whatever, right? Yeah. For him to make a trip out there and make a return trip, he likes something that he's hearing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, at the same time, too, I think it's fair to wonder – and Texas is still recruiting a lot of linebackers, Sebastian Cheeks, um, other guys like that. And they also got it, Anthony Jones in the fold. Yep, Anthony Jones, Derek Brown, the edge guy. But there are, I wonder if communication may be slowing down a little bit, you know, between Texas. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're pushing the kid out or anything, but that's the way you do things if you want to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of work to be done at LB still, but Texas is in on a lot of, I, they've got some good names on the fold or in on a lot of good names. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased with what I'm hearing from, you know, returning some kids on, on choke, especially and coach K um, when they're in his, in his, in his, you know, they have them in front of them. So I'm pleased with the linebacker so far. Right. And the last position we have here is your defensive backs. We're not going to go over quarterbacks because Malik Murphy. And I mean, there's not much you can say there. Um, um Yeah. He, he got him a quarterback. I mean, I don't, yeah. you can't blame him. It's not his fault. Um, <laughs> and so you know let's what? talk about the defensive backs here. So you have the cornerbacks, which is more Terry Joseph, and you have Blake Gideon, who's doing more safeties. We can give Sark and them some credit because Texas is firmly in the running for one Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. You're right. So, no, we can give them, we can give quarterbacks. That's still an A, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. again, cornerbacks and safeties. Very much oh, yeah, up in the air. Yeah, you, it, it really depends on what they do with Bryce and what you know what Bryce Anderson does. What does Denver Harris do? Denver Harris hasn't even been on. Oh, he has been on campus, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Yep, Denver Harris. Denver. You know they got Denver Harris on campus, which is you know good. Uh, he took an official. It was official, right? He got an official visit from Denver Harris, which is good, and they got Bryce Anderson in an, on an official visit. They have Jalen Gilbo still in the fold. Remember, they offered Xavion Bryce at their camp from Arlington mm-hmm. Seguin. They have, you know, again, Denver Harris. And, and I mean, really it's going to come down. They, ha- they have right now B.J. Allen. They have Jalen Gilbo, although I don't think J- Jalen Gilbo was their guy. But they still have to, you know, it really is going to come down to Denver Harris, uh, Bryce Anderson, and maybe one other guy, since they missed on Terrence Brooks, which was a huge miss. Where are they sitting right now, and where? what is the height that they can get to, and what's the lowest they can get to? 
Uh, well, the priority for, for Denver Harris just went up more. I thought Brooks gave him a little bit of room for error. Um, I thought Brooks was the better prospect, especially with Harris coming off the knee injury. Um, at cornerback, just, it's you know, it's actually it's interesting because there aren't a whole lot of names right now. They all, we forgot to mention, they are in on Austin Jordan um, oh, from right. Den Ryan. Remember, Austin um, said he's got a top three left of um, Oklahoma, <laughs> Ohio State, and Texas. I, I'm i not as high on Jordan as a lot of people are. There's no way, right, Ohio State has room for him now, right? There's no way. No way. And from what I understand, I mean, Oklahoma may not be pushing very hard for Austin Jordan. So by default, um, he's rated as a four-star guy. I don't think he's a four-star player. But um, they could, by default, be in a good spot for, for Austin Jordan. Um, like you mentioned, Denver Harris, um, they're gonna, they need to hold on to Gilbo because it's not – I mean, it's a solid year in state, but they didn't, they didn't show Jalen Humphrey or Julian Humphrey any attention. They're, they're recruiting Bryce Anderson as a corner, like you mentioned. Um, at safety, Larry Turner Gooden, um, the Arizona State commit, remember, was in this past weekend. And then with everything going on with them right now, I think – I haven't spoken to Larry. I'm probably not going to speak to Larry um, just based on, you know, Kareem and other folks, what we, you know, folks we know that they've talked about. Good chance Larry Turner Gooden – ends up being a part of the class uh, relatively soon. So that's one name at safety uh, to go along with B.J. Allen. I think those are your two guys, man. And then um, really, man, that's it. Because Jared Kerr just committed to Texas A&M. Um, I think Texas pretty much sees communication with them on that. There, there are going to be new names that pop up. But right now it's Austin Jordan. It's Austin Jordan. It's Denver Harris. And it's, it's Larry Turner Gooden. And um, – you know, I'm I'm still salty about Terrence Brooks, but Texas kind of has to land those guys. Xavier Bryce is a fallback option as well, lower rated guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the names aren't super exciting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you're you're again, like I said, the margin of error has is slim, and missing on Terrence Brooks just made it slimmer. And with Alabama missing on Terrence Brooks as well, you know Denver Harris is they're gonna put they're gonna turn it up on Denver Harris as well. Right. Yep. So Ohio State bites you in the butt numerous ways. Yeah. Exactly. Numerous ways. So I think with that, we, we've pretty much gone over everybody. Uh, it's you know it, it's it's a little bit of a maybe right now maybe next time when we get a few commits. We'll be a little bit better moods, but again, we're just coming uh, right off the Terrence Brooks. I'm in a great mood. We just got to keep it real with them, man. Right now, this week, everything ain't looking, you know, peachy and rosy, and that's okay. You know, it could change, and we'll be here to talk about it. But you know, right now, it's we got some anxiety, man. But hey, we're gonna get a lot of questions answered today, tomorrow, the next few days, and hell, next week it might be might be uh giving out free cups of burnt orange Kool-Aid again. That's so we'll that's see, what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe it's just us coming off that Terrence Brooks. What do I I'm say? Salty juke move? That. I'm salty about it cuz I really I mean, I was, he, I'm he a put huge the juke Terrence stick on everybody. Fans. I'm a huge Terrence Brooks fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. Big miss. Oh well. Oh well. Tex, once Texas goes undefeated this year, they'll get him back. They'll get the flip. Hey, uh, that would cure a lot of stuff. <laughs> that would cure a lot of stuff but, uh, all right but i think that's gonna do it for us today uh, this has been fourth and five your longhorn nation podcast i've been your host will Bazer. you guys can find me on twitter at w-i-l-l-b-a-i-z-e-r-d-t my man where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter uh coach dt underscore tfb love to hear from y'all um yeah hope y'all enjoyed it man 
Um, have a great uh, Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. And don't forget to check out the Home Field Apparel website and use our code 4th and 5 to get 15% off your first purchase there. On that note, thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Hook them. Yes, sir.